You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 67 of the 515 Podcast. Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon. John Wayne, how are you doing this evening? Um... I'm, I'm malnourished. Malnourished. <laughs> it's very late uh, this evening. We are recording at an, an, yeah. a, an, a different time. Even yeah. I, I think it, it's going to be that way from now on. I think there's going to be, I could just say, yeah, we're forever. meeting at a different time. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And that's Congratulations, you get an episode this week. <laughs> that's right. We're, we're all excited. <laughs> yeah. You're excited to see it. You're surprised it's there, and we are too. Um, we so, are. So my wife is forcing me to to do a juice cleanse right now. Oh, that's, a, that's fun. And so not only is it 9 o'clock at night, um, but I haven't had any food since yesterday. So, <laughs> first off, whoa, ouch. <laughs> Second off, do you want to rephrase that in case she listens to this episode? No, she didn't listen. Cool. All right. Well, I'm sorry for she you. She didn't that's force me. I joined her. Okay, yeah, I'll just... That's I'll, good. Yeah, I joined her. It was needed. We both needed to do it. Mm. So, but anyways, it's it's not fun well i'm sure there's other people out there who can relate i am not one of those but um i am also kind of just discombobulated just with the time thing and and, uh i was ready for this a few hours ago i thought we are dog sitting um and it's for someone who probably listens to this so i'm not gonna say anything um bad about the the dog the dog is a blast and (laughs) is the most silly craziest thing best dog in the world yes yeah but um we've taught it definitely some bad habits sorry about that oh yeah. yeah but um it's just been like okay i need to hide for a few minutes and yeah it's uh, a puppy and it's a puppy and we're going to be recording audio uh-huh. and you may actually hear the dog on this yeah. episode um but we will not be paying the dog for for its appearance no no so, no um let's get started because we really have actually uh started a new sermon series that's correct which we uh is, if we were on the parables for such a long time it felt like it and um I have not. I'm like, okay, now where do we go? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Joseph, yep, specifically about family relationships, and we're using him as an example. Yeah, the Joseph in Genesis. Not the same guy. Not the Joseph. Now you tell me. No, not the Joseph up by uh, not Jesus. Jesus' dad. This is yeah. the guy with the coat of the many colors, and yeah, they made yeah. a musical, right? Yeah, that's right. I am looking forward to learning more about this Joseph. Yeah, we may uh, not we may not get all into the coat and stuff like that, but we may. We'll, we'll we save may. it. Yeah, yeah, we'll save it. Yeah, so um, really interesting. Um, it's really interesting in the book of Genesis that there is this kind of bird's eye view of of where how how we got where we are. Um, you know, in other episodes, I've probably talked about. I know I haven't preaching that. Genesis is probably probably written by Moses or someone in Moses's camp. Okay. Many 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 years, generations and generations after um, the creation of the world, and so he's he's looking back, and he, it's almost like a campfire where he's telling he's telling the people that are listening, like Grandpa Moses, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And and Grandpa Moses tells this story about creation and and how things uh, started off wonderful, but kind of the the floor dropped out, and things are really really rough and difficult. And if these people are asking Moses, like who just came out of slavery in mm-hmm. Egypt, they're wondering like how do we get to this point? Well, so this story goes on through Genesis is telling this story 
Um, but then eventually gets to the part where how did we get how did we end up in Egypt? Yeah. Well, it wasn't always bad. Uh, we were in Egypt for a good reason, and that reason is Joseph. So the author of Genesis, whether it's Moses or somebody in that time period, uh, for some reason they put a halt on the bird's eye view and they just zoom way in hmm. on one family and they tell the story really in depth. Uh, and it, it takes for a, a huge chunk of of Genesis, and so that's what's going on. So in in the fall, uh, we're starting with the beginning of Genesis uh, 37 with Joseph's kind of story when he begins to share his dreams with his brothers, and he gets sold into slavery. And we're gonna we're gonna follow this narrative. Uh, it, it, it's really only a few chapters, um, but we're gonna spend several weeks uh, going through this. And so if you if you've never studied that or yeah. haven't taken the time to that, then um, you're gonna get that. We're gonna get a whole lot of stuff in this series. We're going to get um, theodicy with what do we do with evil in the world? How do we view God when bad things happen? Um, those kind of things. We're going to deal with prosperity gospel. We're going to deal wow, with okay. uh, we've already broached the, the uh, family systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about all kinds of different themes that are forgiveness and um, uh, redemption, trusting in God when everything just looks bad, um, when when we don't hear God like how do we trust in God when we're not hearing from him yeah. all of those themes are going to come out in this series really excited about it we've been looking at it for a while it's been on our calendars for, since the beginning of the year really and so it's going to be a great series yeah okay yeah, wow it seems like like I'm trying to figure out right now how we're going to connect all these dots but so hey you guys have figured this out I don't have to yeah I, well, yeah. Genesis I does it for us we're oh, just going to follow around okay yeah, yeah all right yeah I don't know but it'll be it'll be really good so uh we'll jump into the sermon a little bit um okay Sunday, I looked at Genesis chapter 37, and really what's interesting is we read Genesis 37, 1 through 20, which is the story of of uh, Jacob, the brothers, really of Joseph. It re- that's really when Joseph's story starts. Um, and Joseph has these dreams. Uh, he shares his dreams with his brothers. They're not favorable dreams for for the brothers to hear because they allude to Joseph ruling over the brothers and mm-hmm. possibly ruling over the father and stuff like that. And so for a young kid who they probably already don't like, not great to hear. So anyways, the story gets out of hand to the point where the brothers are so mad and it says over and over again, they hated him yeah. <laughs> uh, that they consider killing him, but it's almost like, you know what? That's too much work. Like that'd be harder to hide. Yeah. Let's just let's just sell him into uh, slavery, and we'll get rid of him forever. And then we'll tell Dad that an animal ate him. Like that's and that's literally <laughs> wow. what happens. So Sunday we read that story not as a means of trying to break apart the story, but to say, okay, now you've seen the story. Now how in the world did we get here? Mm-hmm. How did we get to this point? What was the the precursor to this, and what was the background to that? And so what you see with the story of Joseph, really the story of. Jesus, Jacob and his all of his family is a really messed up family tree. So you're listening on this on podcast. Uh, I encourage you to go check out a family tree. You can just Google like Jacob from Genesis family tree, and you're going to see a lot of complication that's going on there. Sunday I shared a, a diagram of that, but. 
So Jacob, uh, if you go back even further in Genesis, Jacob is his name actually means deceiver or, or usurper or the little cheat oh, wow. because he okay. cheats his brother out of his inheritance. Mm-hmm. He pretends uh, to be his brother, steals the inheritance. So he's um, we could probably guess that he's estranged from his only brother, estranged from his father when his father's about to die, estranged from his mom because he has to run and hide uh, uh, for safety. Um, and so it probably has a difficult upbringing, this difficult kind of experience. And then we fast forward and Joseph, um, I mean, Jacob is uh, looking for a wife. He goes to a man named Laban. He sees Laban's daughter named Rachel. And he says, I love with that woman. I want, I want to take mm-hmm. her to be my wife. And Laban says, okay, work for me for seven years and then you can have her. And so he works for seven years. That's right. Seven years wow. he labors uh, to earn the right to marry this woman and after seven years Laban says you know what I need you to marry my oldest daughter first uh, Leah so you can have Leah at this point and so uh, that's not who Jacob wanted and so Jacob says wait a minute I wanted Rachel and he says we have to work another seven years for Rachel and you can have them both so 14 years of laboring he takes one woman who he'll never love Mm -hmm. and and the other one that he will and so then they begin to uh, have sons for Jacob and so uh, when all is said and done Jacob ends up sleeping with both of their handmaids and having sons with them Mm -hmm. and both of the women both Rachel and Leah the sisters and having sons with them and all the sons in total count to 12 sons which become the 12 tribes of of Israel and so this is this is like God's family tree here. This is God's people, Israel. This is how they begin. This is the the start of Israel right wow, here. Wow, messed up. Yeah, it is. It is crazy, and um, messed up home. You've got uh, if you've got kids of the handmaids, then you have kids that probably come from a family of different religion, yeah. different ethnicities, different countries, different areas they're from. Um, you've got one mom who's not loved at all like is completely treated and knows it right (laughs) she can't divorce yeah like culture of divorce in what we experience like in today if this would happen she'd be out sure but in that day remember that laban her dad basically like just gave her away like snuck her into a bad deal yeah. you know what i mean uh-huh, uh-huh. to get like to get her married and so she can't go back to that for her to not be with her husband would mean like total disaster for her and so she in a patriarchal society she's got to stay put and so she's unloved her kids therefore are unloved because jacob prefers her sister mm-hmm. therefore prefers her sister's kids um so all of this animosity is going on in the family and you you add all of those and I'm skipping over a bunch just for time's sake but you add all of that into this pot and this mixed boiling pot is what boils over into brothers trying to sell off yeah. their brother I mean trying thinking about killing him and deciding to to sell him into slavery and so what we see is a really messed up family I mean you read Genesis 37 and you go how could brothers do that? And how could all of them be so like fed up? I know he was arrogant and t- told some dreams or something. You know, yeah. it looks it looks kind of brash. But how does it get this bad? Well, 
if we look at it, we can really probably guess how I got this bad, and it, and it makes some sense. That's crazy. I mean, we've all had the, the fantasy of uh, putting our little baby sister in a box on the curb and say with a yeah. sign that says yeah. "Free baby sister, please." Yeah. Take. I don't know if we've all had that fantasy. I don't. But. Okay, well, <laughs> I, <laughs> other people. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking no, no, for a friend. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But none you of know, us, I, I don't think, you. have fall, yeah. followed yeah, we've, through we've with threatened. it. Threatened. Yeah, we've definitely threatened. <laughs> I know for sure. Yeah. Um, and and remember also one little caveat that I want to make clear: Joseph is the son of Rachel who yes. Jacob was the one that he loved. And, and so he was the youngest. He was the well, youngest. Well, Benjamin's or, the youngest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, I remember, I'm thinking of the uh, chart yeah. you showed. So Benjamin's okay. favorite as well, but but Joseph is, is yeah. highly favored wow. by, by dad. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a big deal, uh, and what's going on. So there's a lot a lot of baggage here, and so um, that's the story. That's how we kind of presented it, and what we we're getting into is is uh, teasing out different things about how families affect us, and like all of that stuff is kind of. What, so I dropped a lot of bombs Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot that we could get into. We will probably just do some overview in this session because I think that everything that I packed in there, I didn't really leave anything out. I just kind of dumped it all out on the yeah. table. Mm-hmm. So anyways, there we go. Okay. Well, you've talked a little bit. I heard you say family systems mm-hmm. earlier. Yep. So uh, can you tell me more about that? What, what does that mean? And, and how, where would I have heard of family systems? Before? Yeah. I, so I'm very familiar with family systems theory because uh, going through seminary and really through the ordination process, I've been psychoanalyzing myself and others mm. have been psychoanalyzing me That's fun. for several years to make sure <laughs> that I'm fit for ministry. Uh-huh. Like, it, it, It's a way of... Um, discerning my call into ministry, but it's also a way of considering like, okay, like early on when I was first getting started, I realized I had anger problems, like in Mm. a psychological exam and the way that I responded to situations, it was clear uh, that there were some anger, not like crazy, but like just it presented itself. And so I needed to see where that came from. And then I was able to think about like different things that have affected that and helped me to get to this place, Mm. not in a good way, but helped me get to this place where um, uh, I respond to situations in a certain way. So anyways, I say all that to say, this is something I've really thought about, but it's something that we should all think about, I think. And family systems theory is is a theory that's been around for a long time. Dr. Murray Bowen kind of introduces this. He says this um, from a book in 1978. The one most central theoretical premise of family systems theory concerns the degree to which we have all poorly differentiated selves or the degree to which we are undifferentiated or the degree of our unresolved emotional attachments to families of origin. So um, meaning if we here's a here's a really good example. If if I'm doing premarital counseling and someone in the couple comes from a family where they always ate together and if something was going on. It doesn't matter if it was somebody's wedding, mm-hmm. but if one of the siblings had a birthday party, you were doing the birthday party. Like the family, always family first, like no yeah. matter what. Yeah. And so then when that person when that person tries to leave that family and start their own family, it's hard to differentiate where that person ends and the family 
where the family ends and that person begins. Yes. Because they are such a product of that system. And so it's hard for them to leave and cleave to a new person. So we have to talk about these things. If you come from a really toxic family or a family where there's been systemic abuse or um, extreme poverty or just a, a crazy experience in life, near death experience or an illness or, or losing a, a loved one early on in life, those things affect us and shape who we are later on uh, sometimes really in an unhealthy way Mm -hmm. uh, they they begin to influence our identity and we start to believe that instead of really who we are and so those are kind of the things that family systems gets at and so i talked about different things with john wesley and his upbringing i won't get into that um but the clearest example for me is being the oldest of three boys um being uh being kind of 12 years older than the youngest, being the one in charge. My parents were both working during the summers. We we took a serious pride in getting every babysitter fired. Like we hated babysitters. <laughs> and so we would just, by the time I was like 13 or 14, my parents were like, that, we can save money. We'll just leave yeah. you with all wow. of them. And so they're like, I just was always um, in charge. Mm-hmm. And so I was the caregiver. And so I was the fixer. And so now later in adulthood, I try to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's just who I am. And so if someone's hurting, I take their burdens onto my shoulders when it shouldn't when I shouldn't be doing that all the time. I shouldn't over empathize with um, with those everyone that's hurting or else I all of a sudden get to a point where yeah. I'm just so burned out because I'm carrying everybody's problems. Does that make yeah, sense? For sure. And so that's what family systems is talking about and what we see in in Jacob's story is all kinds of crazy family systems that have affected the brothers and caused them to be violent and dangerous and mm-hmm. have real issues of, of their own. Judah is one of the brothers and he ends up we we actually preached on Judah uh, because Tamar yeah, is, yeah, yeah right. you remember that stuff. Remember so that. so she was in the family line, the genealogy of Jesus, and so we talked about her. Well, she's the one that cheated Judah so that she could. Uh, be in the family um, she convinced her father-in-law that she was a prostitute yeah. all of that stuff was going on yeah. so yeah uh, messed up family with messed up brothers and lots of different narratives Man. going on family systems does that for us and that's definitely a cycle that's repeating clearly yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with Jude at least and, and if we were to if we were to apply this in our home we could talk about all kinds of things I was thinking of the commercial today like I don't know if y'all seen the progressive commercials where uh, one of the people in the couple become start becoming Coming their parent oh, like as yeah. soon as they move into a house and <laughs> oh, so like yeah. they're all of a sudden wearing like old person glasses yeah. and cardigans and like oh there's a draft in here <laughs> have you like those yeah. commercials are funny you need to go check them out but anyways we can we can quickly become uh we are affected by our systems but we can quickly become products of our systems that are not healthy yeah. and so that's what uh we're kind of talking about here um one last example then i'll be quiet about this I was thinking, I reflect on this today. My mom, like, I really felt like my mom over, like, overemphasized or celebrated victories. So, like, I still remember when I became National Honor Society president when I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. And we went and had the most grandiose dinner that night. Like, Mm. come on, NHS president's cool, but, like, I mean, it was such a big deal or like when soccer team went to state or these different things. And so these victories and the way they were celebrated was so such a big deal that um, 
I think that later on in life I've become addicted to affirmation, Hmm. to people telling me that I'm doing a good job because that's what I thrived on for my parents, that acceptance from them Mm -hmm. and being able to strive for that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be depressing and psychoanalyze (laughs) myself, but I'm just trying to give examples that that might help the listener think about some of the ways they've been affected later in life. Yeah, that's a a good point. You you should try and... You asked me right before we started. I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for this question. I have no, I have no clue. But, but we've we've I've heard the saying before. It's like when you fall in love with someone and want to marry them, look at the parents first because you're not just marrying that person. You're also marrying the family. You yeah. know. And I think that's definitely a, a good opportunity like to, to, to think, to of think about that. Another really easy example: if your family, um, oh, here's here's one. Uh, Birthdays are a big deal for for Lauren. So okay. her family celebrated birthdays, and uh, to some extent, like yeah. they at least always got gifts on on those birthdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family, the day doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if it was a Tuesday. That's lame. So you wait for the next weekend, and then you do something <laughs> right. on that. And so the day was always moving. We'd go to dinner together at some point, maybe yeah. like a week later, two weeks later, just sure. depended. Yeah. And so when Lauren and I got married, um, like when it came to a birthday, I'm like, well, it, you know, we're busy on Monday, so let's right. just wait, you know? Yeah. And I would think like, and even if she was okay with that, if I didn't like, if I didn't acknowledge or celebrate, like by getting a card or something yeah. on that day, then she felt like I. I wasn't caring, but in my system, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, I was yeah. going to celebrate it in a celebrate few days. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so those okay. those little things. That's a great example. Yeah. yeah, holidays. How we do holidays. Yeah, different families have done different things. So yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff that you can you can have fun with this. But yeah. I think that here's why this is important for me, because in my pursuit of holiness, while I'm pursuing partnering with what God's doing in salvation in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, then knowing those things, those those places that I want to let go and allow God to transform, that's this work of like exploring that, mm-hmm. of like digging up, okay, there's this place of where I get really impatient or anger surfaces in this area, or I'm pretty lazy when it comes to when I get really stressed and blah, blah, blah. So how do I, how do I be honest about who I am so that God can, can bring healing and transformation and all those things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Make sense? Definitely. We spent a lot of time on there, so I'm sorry about that. No, it's good. So, I mean, what is, what, What's Jacob's responsibility on this? I mean, that's yeah. you know, like I just said, you know, it's it's not just the person; it's the parents. And why did Jacob let this go as long as he did? Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, so you could look at Jacob and go, man, but he's had such a hard hard life. Okay. So, like, I mean, he's damaged. Yeah. He's messed up. Like he he didn't know his parents and. He didn't know what was going on and like you know his his dad was an alcoholic or i mean he's not i'm just whatever, like you know right, what i yeah. mean like and so we're modernizing kind of the, yeah you know the story yeah here. and so of course jacob's family would end up being like that because jacob it was never modeled for him and like and i and i understand that a lot like i really do <laughs> but there comes a point where i can't use um the fact that i can't use um let me just give an example. 
that we can't like hide under alcoholism. If alcoholism was in our family, is marked in mm-hmm. our family, then then even if I have a predisposition towards alcoholism, or that's a struggle of my own, or because alcoholism was in my family, I never saw um, I never saw a healthy marriage in my parents or mm-hmm. something hypothetically. Right, right? right. I never saw that. Therefore, uh, that's why my my marriage sucks. Like that. That's 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 an excuse that we can't ride under. And Jacob is pretty apathetic. I think his greatest sin is he's just apathetic so yeah. one wife says well you know what I want more boys you want to sleep with my handmaid and yeah. it's like well I guess you know and then the other one comes over and and you know hey let's do this too and he's like yeah I guess and so just apathy leads to the point where now we've got br- grown adult children that are trying to kill the other mm-hmm. and, and sell them into slavery and so I say all that to say no matter where you've come from what we're going to talk about in the next several weeks is there is grace in this story. There is redemption in the story of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And no matter what you've been through or what you've come from, that doesn't have to be the end of the story for mm-hmm. you. And so it is up to, to the Jacobs. It is up to us, um, men and women in the family. I kind of called out guys, uh, obviously, uh, for different reasons this past week. But it is up to us to step up and take responsibility. And it's never too late to realize like I'm actually really unhealthy right now yeah. like it, there's never a too late time to do that and and I know there's some shame in admitting I'm unhealthy mm. um, but but unless I admit that I'm unhealthy then I'll never be able to get the healing that God can bring and the community can bring mm-hmm. in, in the right setting and so that's really important it's important to take responsibility yeah so the elephant in the room, yeah, definitely this Sunday. Um, you talked about divorce, yep, and how I mean, clearly in this story, yeah, divorce and adultery, we, we yeah, up, yeah, you know, it wasn't an option uh, mm-hmm. during uh, Joseph's time, um, but I would say in today's society, it's very normal, yeah, yeah. So, how do we rationalize this? Where where are we at? Can you talk more yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I think, and definitely, if you look at the last. Um, quarter century last 30 40 years i mean you probably probably. don't have to go that that far back (laughs) the church has kind of just grown silent on divorce or at least um and i think actually i think uh there was some really dangerous things the church did with divorce Mm -hmm. as far as excluding people from the church if they went through divorce um and i think that we've gotten better at at not doing that i even saw that as as a kid yeah in the community i grew up in that was a very real thing yeah that divorced people were yeah you're out oh definitely yeah and that's just in my lifetime so i know that that's been yeah and so i think i think there's there's a there's some good that's come from that but i think on the other side of it we've just gone completely soft so we we've pushed down on other sins like we put them on display Mm -hmm. and that is what we talk about all the time in the church but we have let go of some other ones that are really important like so important like divorce is about the nuclear family the nuclear family is about kids that are coming up that um this is about absent father households this mm-hmm. is about uh poverty this is about all of these things right here with the nuclear family and so um yeah we we shared this the other day and i think the church has grown a little too silent on it and we don't need to get up in the pulpits all the time right. and point fingers at people but what we do is need to say hey listen 
the design that God has for us. Um, he designed marriage to look like the way that Christ loves the church, to be sacrificial, to be united, and to not be broken by ups and downs and emotions, by illness and difficulties and stuff like that, but for it to be stronger than that, to be bonded by something supernatural. And so when that is broken, it causes spiritual and deep-seated pain and brokenness through all of the relationships in the family tree. We see that in Jacob's story. Mm -hmm. So adultery and and divorce, I think you can put divorce into this context, uh, does that in such a way. Now, here's what's really important. I don't know if I stress this enough Sunday. If you're hearing this and you've been through divorce... Um, and you're, you've come out on the other side of right. that. Again, what the church is, the church has done a better job of welcoming you, but I want to be clear that um, I'm a proponent of you. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be in your corner. Like, I, I champion the fact that even in brokenness and even in difficulty and even when things just can't be put back, back together, God heals and restores and there's more in front of you uh, as you, as you trust in the Lord and walk forward. I think we learn from past mistakes. I think we grow from those. Um, but God can use whatever our circumstances are. And so don't hear this as anybody that's our church members that have been remarried or have gone through a divorce. I'm not not trying to cast shame on you right. at all. But what I'm saying is for those on the other side and like in premarital counseling, like there's just too many pastors that aren't that aren't preparing couples for for marriage and what mm-hmm. it means to be in a covenant relationship. And hear this, I, I, I'm, I know I'm on a soapbox right now, but like in premarital counseling, all this stuff that I'm doing right now and people my age and younger, we have never been taught what a covenant relationship would looks like. Yeah, We don't even, we don't even do friends well. And I know my mm-hmm. younger brothers that like, like I have one brother that most of his friends before he graduated high school were via Xbox and playing online. Yeah. Like we don't know what it's like to have a friendship that even when you start to hate each other, that you're going to stick up for each other no matter what. Yeah. That we're going to like fight through difficulties. And when we one of us is a jerk, we're going to stick through that. We don't even know what it's like to have those friendships mm-hmm. anymore. And so if we're not taught that when it comes to marriage, divorce even if we say we're never going to talk about that divorce is already in the equation it's a possibility yeah it's something in the word bank that you're just mm-hmm. leaving there because we have no structure uh, to know what um, covenant relationship and marriage is supposed to look like so parents with young children we start modeling that uh, well we start teaching about what it looks like to love sacrificially and love unconditionally um, so that when it comes to that point uh, th- that our kids are prepared to to move into that with eyes wide open, hearts wide open and vulnerable and and spiritually attuned to to what it means. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen to that. So, I mean, we you know, we talked about Jacob. He made a lot of choice bad choices along the way. Yeah. 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 And you know, history repeats itself, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, how can we make this better? How can we start down the path? to being better at family members or you know uh, yeah. examples for our children or uh i think it did yeah how do, how do we do this family a, better right like right. I, I think I, it depends on who you are like in the family right yeah totally like, so it depends on what perspective you're bringing to to the family i think for all of us awareness like it's so important for me to do um first of all and we talk about this all the time but 
being in community, right? Being mm-hmm. in a, a small accountability group. Um, I have a group of guys that can ask me and go to my wife and ask Lauren how I'm doing. Hmm. Uh, and so, um, wow. I, I want to have a, a high standard for what it looks like to serve my family, love my family. I said on Sunday for parents, one of the most loving things that you can do in parenting is to love your spouse well. Mm-hmm. Um, to show them what it looks like to love sacrificially and love the way Christ loves us. So accountability is one of those things. Um, perspective, like it's never too late to, to be aware and take responsibility for what's going on. Um, and then I think just like I think there's I think prayer and consideration of what's going on. So um, like the, there's if if my family's got some really toxic uh, situations going on, there's places where I need to forgive. There's places where I need to distance and mm-hmm. set up clear boundaries so that I'm protecting my nuclear family from toxicity. Um, again, please know that I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically here. I'm, I, I want to be clear when I'm talking about my family because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I do that a lot. But, um, but hypothetically, if there's toxic situations going on, then we set up boundaries. We, we don't allow those to infiltrate what's going on within us. We, boundaries are important to let the good in and keep the bad out. Um, and so uh, that we, we learn how to do that well. Um, we figure out what it is to to be a participant in the family to the best of our calling and the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Whether we're we're a mom of a bunch of kiddos, uh, whether we are uh, uh, young adults with no children, um, whether we are single and uh, figuring out how to love our parents in whatever stage they're in, or siblings, or whatever it is. That's something that we just continually work at, but perspective is so, so important. And inviting God into that narrative. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'll say this and shut, and shut up, um, no matter how bad your family is, or how messed up things are in your household, or from your, your distant, your, uh, your parents, your, right, your right. other extended family, no matter how bad things are, God's bigger than those mm-hmm. things, yeah. okay? Period. Yeah. God can do that. And I'm guilty of believing that, yes, God can heal and God can bring miracles and he can take away cancer and he can do all kinds of things. However, my family is way too messed up mm-hmm. for God. Like, And I can think that, and that's just not truth. So, yeah. I'll do one more quick plug for yeah. the um, more life groups and the, the accountability groups that you were just talking about as well, because I've seen uh, firsthand conversations with with my peers in those groups mm. of uh, family type, you know, issues or problems. Actually, in our accountability group, every week we're asked, well, how is your family life, you know? And that's an opportunity for to people to talk about those things and then immediately get a loving, you know, response back with God first and foremost in mind. It's like, yeah, here's here's how, how can we pray for you? And here's something, you know, that you can do to, to, uh, I mean, just families is one of the big topics we talk about. So, I mean, that's a great having those resources right there that people are willing to talk to you and are willing to give advice and be there for you. Yeah. Is so priceless. Amen. So, amen. All right. So, um, let's, can we, do you have any resources that you can share? You, you, you threw out a couple books, I think about. I'll throw them out again. Joseph by Stephen Elliott is the book that we're kind of modeling the series on. We used it as one of our primary resources. Joseph by Stephen Elliott. You can find that on Seedbed and Amazon, I believe. Okay. 
Boundaries by Henry Cloud. This is very popular. Been around a long time. There's there's many iterations of this book and workbooks and stuff like that. But the 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 main one that's probably been redone a couple times. Boundaries. When to say yes. How to say no. To take control of your life is is a good good starting place for this. And then one more, I told you I'd throw another one in, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. It's about Hmm. emotional intelligence. It's about um, uh, being healthy spiritually and emotionally. Um, Pretty pretty highly talked about. It's a good book. This, This is written by... Peter says zero. Oh boy. Or Scott zero. S C A Z Z E R. E R O. I probably butchered that, but Scott zero or something like that. If you're listening, Peter, we're sorry about that. Yeah, I don't think he is. Okay. That's okay. So give us a quick tease about next week, what we can expect. Yeah, next week we're going to talk about um, forgiveness a little bit. Uh, Well, no, we're not going to talk about forgiveness yet. I think that's two weeks away. All right. Oh, we're talking about when dreams go to nightmares. When our dreams, Mm -hmm. they could be good and from God. Yeah. And when they turn into nightmares. It could be when we think... When we think God's calling us to something and they become something terrible. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested. I'll be there next Sunday. Yep. All right, John Wayne, thank you so much for being here tonight. And uh, as always, thank you for everyone to everyone for downloading and listening. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yeah. God bless y'all. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye.